Hello and welcome to the Speakeasy Podcast, episode 9. My name is Moose. And I am Liham. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. How are you all doing? Good, mate, good. We are um, we are fine. How are you? Glorious. Glorious. Good. I was waiting for the good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Uh, <laughs> you never did the last part. Oh, that's, um, that's nice weeks. Yeah. <laughs> We're also joined on this podcast by a friend of yours and a special guest, Chris. How are you doing, mate? Hello. Hi, I'm all good. How are you? <laughs> yeah, fine, mate. Uh, this is the first episode we've done where we can actually see each other's faces as well. And it's, yeah, it's interesting to watch Liam just play with his moustache so seductively. Uh, and it might put me off a little bit. So I'm going to just watch. Watch uh, or stare into the abyss and the distance. I should have realised it. I'm, I'm like overly playing with my beard and you're watching me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite Beautiful. unnerving to be honest. Like um, Chris, I hope you've brought your fun fact to tonight's episode. I hope oh. you have your fun fact ready, and Definitely. if not, you have about thirty seconds to Google it, whilst I give the the listeners mine. So, did you guys know that? Facebook has more monthly users than the population of China. China. That's the way Donald Trump says it. China. China. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of users. It is. It's a lot of Donald Trump as well. Um, Good. I just think that's quite interesting. That's what about sad. you? What about you, Liam? Uh, so, my fact last week was about Frankenstein. People calling Frankenstein's monster Frankenstein. When he was actually the monster, um, my pal Crouchy didn't even know that was a thing. So this week, I'm going to tell you another fact: that Coca-Cola was originally green. The can was green, and then they changed it to red. And Santa was green, and he also went to red. There you go. All because of a company Santa Claus is now red. That's it, and he doesn't even drink cola; he only drinks milk. Because <laughs> it was bad for Heart Hill. <laughs> Chris, your fun fact. I, th- I can tell you've got a scorcher. Listen, I've wanted top alleys and I've worked hard to do this, so <laughs> here it goes. And it's also inspired me to do something in my life. After losing a drunken poker bet in 2009, a New Zealand man had his name legally changed to, are you ready for this? Full Metal Havoc, more sexy and intelligent than Spock. And all the superheroes combined with Frost Nova. That's his name. It, it took five years. The name was finally approved by the government. All 99 characters of his new name are on his passport. I just want to know see the numbers on the bottom of your passport, the two lines that you have. Is his name longer than that? It must be. I, I don't think we've got more than 99 characters for that. I, I think he's beat that. Imagine his gravestone, it only be a grave wall. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> Imagine being the the stonemason having to do that. You'd look at uh, it. Aye, like, right. I'm on the overtime today. Someone's playing a prank. Someone's pranking me. <laughs> I never amazing. thought of that either. That is uh, that's put a whole new perspective to that. There's loads of things. Imagine like on the phone to Sky to fix your TV, 
Can you please just confirm your first name for me, sir? <laughs> hey, give me two minutes. <laughs> Can you spell out your email address to me, please? <laughs> it's no, mate. Do you know what his email address is? It's www.patreon.com forward slash pod underscore speakeasy. That's what it is. Nice drop there. Nice drop. So for all the listeners that are new or don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't know what I'm talking about now and you've not run me my pee, then you have something wrong with you. I need everyone to drop their phones. No, don't drop your phone because you need your phone for this. (laughs) Go onto your browser, type in patreon.com forward slash pod underscore speakeasy where you can donate from one pound a month upwards towards mental health charities across the UK and we will donate half of those half of the donations will go towards that the other half Liam do you want to tell the listeners what it's really for it is for my watch collection and a new mic for my laptop so that I can not have I don't have to kick my girlfriend out of the room so I can do a podcast you know what, at least you're honest. People will be like, oh, we're going to donate it all to charity or I'm going to do something really good with it. But at least you're really honest with us, so I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were also talking earlier on, before we started the podcast, that Chris is changing his name by Deed Poll. So, for some reason, I don't know why we've agreed this. I don't think he's even agreed to it, Liam. I think me and you have just decided this for him. I mean, I've decided jump, jump on Instagram. That's speakeasy.pod on Instagram. And just DM us with what you guys think Chris's new name should be. And in a month's time, we'll get him back on the pod with his new name, um, which he has changed by deed poll. Chris looks shocked right now. He's like, nah, I've done worse. Like I've let a guy tattoo my own face to my body for free just because he wanted to do it. You've got your own face on your body. Aye, I've got my own face tattooed to my leg. Like I was an eighteen-year-old picture of me, like at Teen the Park, just going wild with it. Wait to see this, Liam. What do you reckon? We've got a camera on for a reason. Come on. I don't know. Hopefully, <laughs> we need to start recording these. Here. Um... here we go. Oh my! Wow. Do you Glasses know that? And a hood up. Just... <laughs> we should start like... this podcast vid- like, by video as well, so the the listeners can. Uh, can see. You ever seen Top the film Hancock? <laughs> Ken, the, the one with uh, Will Smith. That's exactly what that looks like. <laughs> I was going with a younger Hermione Granger from uh, Harry Potter, but uh, no. I've heard E.T. <laughs> no, it's definitely Mrs. Brown, I know, was another one. Oh, no, that's violating you now, mate. <laughs> violating. Um, right, let's get into the. Oh my God, Liam, <laughs> that is so true. You need to. We need to try to upload that picture as part of the podcast, and people can then imagine what this tattoo looks like. Um, right, into the nitty gritty, the raw, raw, the good, good, uncut, unfiltered, uncensored. I can keep going on, but um, the reason why we're doing this podcast tonight is, as you all probably seen on the social medias, that. Chris has a damning story. Um, Chris has attempted suicide before, and he is very. We're very grateful to him that he's come on the podcast tonight to talk about his story. So, I'm just going to ask you the first question, mate, and just you know, where's your mental health at just now? Um, the now it's like not gonna lie, it's no perfect due to lockdown and just no like being able to do much. 
but it's better than it was like last year. Like I'm in a great place and now I'm not going to harm myself and I am just loving life the now I <laughs> Good. And let's cast your mind back. So your saying to us earlier on it was July this happened. Aye. So talk us through it. Let us know kind of two weeks before the run up uh the day and then what happened after as well. Yeah, well basically I had like went through a bad stage like with the lockdown just everything like I took the start of lockdown very well but I think I was sort of kidding myself on in a way and it just hit me at once and I just took a bad turn where I was hurting myself like I'd burnt my arm with like a lighter and I took myself to hospital because I felt I was going to harm myself so they sort of kept me in for an hour put me on medication and sent me on my way um and just from then, I think that medication took a bad turn with me as well. It got worse, and I attempted to take my life on July 19. So that I had, uh, it's scary. It's scary to think that people can can go through that. Um, I've never, I wouldn't say I'm thankful, because it's not something to be thankful for, but I've never got to that stage Um where I've attempted suicide, but I I can understand almost your you know how how you felt and and what you were feeling at the time. Um, so the day of you attempting to commit suicide, what did you do? Well, I'd been like I'd been off drink for ten months because like I was I'm a bit an arsehole where I drink and to say the least. <laughs> so I, I decided for the best to stop it. Like I wasn't a big drinker i just done it casually like every now and then but I, I put a full stop to it and then in july i started like hitting a couple of weekends on the drink again and i think that along with just everything made things worse so i was on a downer one morning and that was when i just thought nah i can't do this anymore and wrote a letter took all my medication and just took my dog a walk to hopefully die in the park really did you think that you would just drop down and be found um no i knew it would be agony that's why i wanted to take myself to a sort of secluded area like it was there's a lot of trees around my area so i was taking myself there because i knew that it would be a long process did you go did you go to a secluded area in the park or were there people around all the time um there was a couple of people walk like at the park but the area that i was going there wasn't going to be anybody and who was your note to mate i mean you say you wrote a note who was it to and you know you don't have to tell us the exact contents i don't want you to tell us the exact contents of the note but you know what kind of things did you did you say well about eight years ago i lost my best friend to suicide um he took his own life so on my letter, it was just apologising for putting people through what, like, I'd already been through with losing Gary. Um, so it was just apologising for that and just saying that I just didn't want to be here. I couldn't go on anymore because my head was just out of control. Man, it, Liam, I don't know, you you look stunned, you look shell-shocked. Just a bit shocked, mate, eh? Like, understandably, um... It's a lot to take in, even just as a listener. 
uh, piece I understand that was your life. You only, like, my opinion, like, I've only really heard this for stories for people and other people, and I, I think the, the lockdown stuff, there's been a lot of suicides and attempted suicides and a lot of people struggling. Um, but to know somebody that's thankfully um, still here and here to explain the story and say, look, it's there's help out there. Um, obviously, you can, if you didn't mind telling us about the, the help you got afterwards and where you can go for there and how you've went for there because you've obviously up in a, in a better situation. Well, like as I'd mentioned about my friend Gary who had died, um, I'm really close with his sister and his mum still. I visit them often. And like his sister Emma, she's got a wee boy who I'm really close with as well. So I'd been with Emma like the night before I attempted it. And um, like she had been upset when she was drinking about her brother, saying like she hopes that I never do what he had done and like or should be like more angry with me knowing what she had been through so like that sort of hit my head when I was walking through the park and I was like shit I can't put her through this so I phoned her straight away and she came and picked me up Um, my friend Hammy as well he was out looking for me because like he was worried about like I think I'd been texting him Um, so he had also came to look for me so Emma took me to the hospital and like left me in there because obviously COVID you couldn't get anybody in with me and I was seen at hospital. Just, that's just scary. Um, I can't imagine what you were going through, and and kind kind of as well. Um, you know, when you say that you were you think you were texting your friend, do you have any tell us about like your your thoughts and your memories at that time like you know do you remember it all vividly um no my head was completely fried like i can hardly remember the car journey to the hospital mm-hmm. i can't really remember the waiting room much um i can sort of like i remember them putting the like needle in me to get liquids into me and i can remember taking that out and refusing to put it in because it freaks me out um and i can remember the police sort of being there in the middle of the night speaking to me and getting woke up every hour as well to get, check my obs and they had to get like give me liquids to drink so it was just a, like it was just all fuzzy like a, it was just a weird night it was horrible like the worst experience i've went through that's just it's scary and i can't imagine what you were going through but i also can't imagine what the people around you were going through as well but i guess in a way when you when this happens to you you don't think about well you do think about other people but at the same time you don't because you want to do something for yourself am i right in saying that i just have all thoughts about everything just goes out the window it's only occasionally like it's only every so often you feel do feel that bit of guilt like writing the letter i felt doing it but i just felt like it was the only thing i could do I just, I feel for you, mate, and I, I hope right now you've turned a corner. Do you think you're in a in a better place now than than what you were in July, or do you feel that you still have those? Do you still have those thoughts? Basically, is what I'm trying to ask. Nah, I've no had bad thoughts like that since. Like, I had like 
a couple of weeks after it and that I did have thoughts again. But now I, I don't even remember the last time I had the thoughts. I just don't know about you, Liam, but I'm a bit shocked. You know, so, we've only... So to take in, eh? Like... I know. I know. And, and do you know what? There's one thing that this podcast is benefiting um, us and, and other listeners. We made this pod, Liam, for a reason. We didn't make this podcast because we were bored during lockdown and we just had we wanted to chat random rubbish. Um, we do we do chat some absolute power and nonsense, but there might be that one person who listens to this podcast. There might be another Chris somewhere around that anywhere in the world who listens to this podcast and thinks, do you know what? I am worth it. My life is worth it, and I am worth everything I am on this planet and rethinks their decision to follow through and go ahead with attempting or committing suicide. Um, I hope it does. Need to be aware that there's a, there is avenues out there that can help you if you're feeling in that kind of situation. Um, Chris, I don't know about yourself, but did you consider looking at any avenues? Um, well, or was I'd... it just... I had been to the doctors a lot about my mental health ever since Gary died. Um, I'd went through, I don't know how many different antidepressants to the point I was taking ones that made me feel like a robot. Um, like I did no emotion whatsoever, so I came off all them. Um, and after that, I didn't want to go on meds. Um, after I did try to attempt suicide, I had a friend contact me and tell me that he was going to get me private um, therapy. So I was reluctant to do it. I felt, no, I don't want to be a charity. Like, I can't do this. And then I, I really didn't know about speaking to a stranger about, like, <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I then said, right, I'll do it. And um, I went to my first session. And by then I'd learned so much about myself. Like, I'd always thought that I've got ADHD because I'm a complete poster boy for it. Like, I've just got all the... Like sort of things for ADHD, but the doctor when I'd went like years ago had told me you're an adult, so we can't do anything about that, so there's no point diagnosing you. Um, but when I went to therapy, I've like sort of learnt that I'm definitely on the spectrum for ADHD, and there's a high chance that I've got autism as well. So just learning that about myself has been so much help. And it makes me control it better. So I'm now in the process of getting a diagnosis. Has it made things clearer for you in your head and your mind that you might have everything you've done up to this point in your life has been because of your diagnosis? It, well, see, I do think that my diag, like, see, not knowing that I had that, it's, in hindsight, I should have been seen at school because I struggled so much at school Um, I'd also failed college when I'd left school and lost a job due to that so there was so much signs there that I was on the spectrum Um, and I just feel like that if I had learned back then my life would have been so much different like I'd have had that answer mm-hmm. and the extra help that you needed uh, realistically like you say you lost a job Um, if you had that bit of extra help and awareness uh, the job might have been like adaptable to you and be able to help you so you could stay in that job I could do sense. the job perfect that was the thing I could do the job perfect but the college I just couldn't get to grasp through the college so because I failed the college they couldn't take me on as the apprentice 
Oh, that's a shame, man. That's a shame. Like, I understand that because see, I've said this before. I actually said it in a previous podcast. I believe I was dyslexic when I was younger and it wasn't picked up on. Um, but as I grew older, I feel like, I, not that I grew out it, because sometimes I can read a, I can read a sentence and it says something completely different. And I'll read it again and I'm like, all right, cool. Um, but no, I understand. That's a, that's a bit of a bummer. Um, obviously that's made a, that's probably made an effect on you as well. Oh, definitely, because like I always thought that I had anger issues, but it turns out that it's no anger issues. It's meltdowns. Like, see if like I could have arrangements with someone, and if they cancel me that day, like I would just go into a complete meltdown where I like go into fetal position in my bed and lie there like with and like in silence, not even telling, and do that for hours, and it just like. I wondered what that was, and now learning about like autism, and that's like that is what that is a meltdown. Like I just completely shut down. That's madness. Um, Ali has asked a question for you. What can you please ask? Peace. What does he feel has helped him get to the stage now, with all the progress he's made over the past six months or so? Oh, it's definitely speaking to people. Like the therapist was. That's the best help, and then Jay. Um, I'm going to name drop Jay here. Um, he put me forward to Kick Mental Health, which I do like since I think I've only missed one or two Thursdays since July, and I've been speaking like just speaking to people in that every week has helped so much. Like it's something to look forward to. Agreed. And so, I uh, Liam, I see you in it every week, and it's just a good laugh and just knowing that you're not alone in this situation. It's refreshing that you've felt that way and it's refreshing to hear you speak about someone else and, and like you did about Jay, but also fair play to Ali for what he started because it's not just impacted on you, Liam, as we found out last week, but it's impacted Chris as well. So, you know, that's two people and God knows how many other people have had down days and, and tough times and and have felt better from it. Um, speaking of down days, Katrina had asked her, a question as well so katrina's asking when you boys are having a down day what do you guys do to keep yourselves motivated i think we we've kind of touched on this briefly liam before where you know you said you've got the kids and and things mm-hmm. uh, but chris what do you do to keep yourself motivated when you're having a down day see i, I just go through different stages like it could be something to settle me would just be lying in bed and looking just at the ceiling like I, I went and got myself this fancy skylight the other week there because that like chills me out or like it could just be going at a walk taking the dog a walk is a great thing for the head oh I, i'm still a bit like do you know that feeling where you get your i almost feel deflated from from hearing the story because i feel so upset that someone else has you know, someone has gone through what you've went through and the courage you're showing to talk about your story on the podcast is unbelievable. It's unparalleled. I don't think anyone would ever expect someone to be so upfront and honest and open about their situation. And it's not as if you're doing it for the attention and, you know, you're not wanting fame. Do you know what I mean? You're not wanting that. You're just wanting to help. You seem genuine that you want to help someone else from this. And you're taking part I've in the kick mental health. Yeah. 
I've done like I've done bungee jumps and that for suicide, and I've just like I've always it's been hanging close to me because of losing Gary to it. Um, it's just something that's affected me for so many years. And it was actually yourself, piece that uh, decided to speak about the subject because as soon as I told you that we had a pod- podcast going, you were like, "Get me on, I've got something to get out there," and I was like, "Wow, okay," and you've pestered me since. It's been every other week. When you get me on, when you get me on. <laughs> so you've obviously you. This should hopefully, if anybody is in your previous shoes at the moment and hear you speaking the now, that should be enough motivation for them to speak to somebody, even if it's we're no professionals in any way, shape, or form. I mean, most has got a professional job, but he's not professional at this. <laughs> um, whoa, whoa, whoa! Easy now, son. <laughs> I want to put out there as well for Jonathan Ward who like paid for my therapy like I went to so many sessions like it was in its 15 16 sessions I think um, and he paid for it all and what he's looking to do is start a charity for people that can't afford to get private therapy he's what to start a charity to so to help people get that because if like NHS for therapy you could be on the waiting list 9 months 10 months and so so they try to put that help out there as well that people are trying to help people like me Um, that's amazing and that ties in nicely with um liam one of your friends the little book of positivity um Mm -hmm. is that jade is that one of your friends yeah yeah um they've asked we'd like to know what your thoughts are on mental health support services in the area where you live do you think there are well-known services for specific groups to benefit from? For example, students, first-time dads, people in debt, or do you feel it's too generalised and too difficult to access? I'll go first on this. It's a great question. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant question. That's a good question. As a pharmacist, I see this a different support networks out there, but more so when I've been scrolling through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and different social media, you see adverts pop up. And you do see adverts for first-time dads, people in debt, you know, to access help. But what I'm concerned about is they're not as well-known. And if you want to access help that will help you and that will make a difference to you, you're right, guys, in in the question. It is generalised and it is difficult to access. As Chris says, it's taken you nine months to get seen uh, or have therapy from the NHS. Why does it have to be so long? I know that the rates of depression and suicide are so high in this country and will be even higher because of um, the pandemic. But there should be an arm of the NHS, a branch of the NHS that help specifically in this. And I think just recently the government have announced um, that there's going to be a mental health ambassador for the government. So they are taking steps to obviously improve that. Um, Certainly in the area where I live there's not much support going on that you know of but when you google it you know there's loads of different charities um online that you can find the support from and as we say every single episode as well there's us you know there's the podcast and there's also kick mental health so you can just jump on instagram and go on to speakeasy.pod and you can message us or you can message us privately directly and liam will share my sentiments with us that we will not mind if you guys message us regardless of what it is we will answer your questions no i agree with that 
Yeah, we'll, we'll do anything we can we'll speak to, to help you. Anybody. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, see if we go back to that question. Uh, I, I've got something. Sorry, please, what are you saying? I've got something about like that as well with this whole like mental health being generalised by the NHS. It's like, well, I went to the GP about like after the therapist told me about like uh, you're really showing a lot of signs of autism i went to the gp and spoke to them and they told me no you're an adult you need to go private which i checked was going to be like 1800 pounds which i could not afford so went back to the therapist who told me no they're like talking shite basically um, it's not you don't need to go private so three times after that i've went to the gp and um it's not until I seen another GP she actually took interest. I was like, oh, why do you think so? First time I'd ever been asked, and I was like, right, I'll put you through. And then now I'm actually on the waiting list to get through for the diagnosis. So I think they just sort of try to medicate everybody instead of helping them the way. I don't know if that's. I'll be honest, I and I'm I'm not disagreeing with you, but from my experience, obviously, and what I do, I don't think that's the way that people should see it. Think about it this way, right? how many people will go to their GPs to ask for help and be referred to therapy? If they did it for every single person, the NHS would be overwhelmed. This The waiting list wouldn't be nine months, it'd be nine years. Do you know what I mean? So I think the doctors really, really take a strong and strict and a really stringent approach with the fact that you come to the doctor and you say you need therapy, you need to kind of prove it first. And nine times out of ten, most people would rather be medicated than go to therapy, in my experience, because therapy sometimes can detract from your life and can cause a lot of doors to open that maybe don't want to open. And sometimes people just want a quick fix. They want to be put onto an antidepressant that'll work in six weeks' time and they don't have to worry about it. They wake up in the morning, they take their antidepressant, they take their tablets, and that's it. You know, they feel better in time. I do think that the doctor should, like you say, mate, they should, it should be quicker. It shouldn't take nine months. But I don't think they just palm people off and they say, we're not referring you without a valid reason. And I think it's because they are asked to refer to therapy after they have medicated someone because chances are the medication will help. That's just the way I see it from my work and, and my point of view. That was good to see two points of views there, by the way. I'm just a middleman, like, but <laughs> that was uh, that was two different uh, ends of the scale. So anybody that's on either end, take note. <laughs> yeah, don't I don't want people to think my doctor's trying to medicate me. That's a bad thing, and I don't want to, and I want to just go on therapy. Sometimes you have to persevere. And oh, listen, don't get me wrong. If, I'm on and it has helped me so much. Like the medication I take does help, but it's, I I would recommend you to take the meds if you are offered them. But if people don't take the medication, I'll be out of a job. So please do, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I really, I really appreciate you coming on for this episode because it's shown me personally how brave someone can be talking about their life and be so confident about it and just talking to you for the last half an hour or so doesn't strike me as if you're in a bad place like you were in July anymore and I'd love to just put out there that the podcast Kick Mental Health 
that sort of thing has helped you? Would you agree? 100%, aye. 100%. We're doing something right, Liam, mate. We're doing something right. Maybe talk nonsense and keep everybody happy. I've always stay. kept my the sense of humour will always stay as well, which is a good, a good fact. <laughs> yeah, you've, got a, you've got a really good sense of humour, Chris. See, see, even when I was lying on the bed um, in the hospital, the nurse was like talking to me, like trying to make con- no, the psychiatrist was like trying to make conversation and was like, "Well, what music do you like?" Is like, "Oh, you don't like that Louis Capaldi, do you?" And I was like, "Mate." I'm in here for trying to talk myself. Of course, I fucking like Louis Capaldi. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that is madness. That is absolute madness. But it's it's good to know that, like, you've realised that there's there's more to life than what you were expecting. You had people around you that were there to help you. Um, did you say her name was Emma? Aye, yeah, like, McVitie. She's like Emma's she's like a second sister to me. Uh, she's an absolute angel, obviously. She helps you at your time you need. And uh, you've knew you've, you've got your family around you that help you. And I, I appreciate that, like, your friendship, eh? Like, every Thursday, I came for a fact, if we're going to wind somebody up for a laugh, then you're right there behind me. and it's Or you're on the, you're on the other end of it, whereas I'm, I'm, I'm helping the other person wind you up. I'm no. looking forward to the morals. As soon as I see the pink hair, I've got her tear right through me, like... <laughs> We're a hat, I'm, I'm scared of Tom's reaction. <laughs> <laughs> the Tom the Savage. He's, he's going to be so disappointed in me. <laughs> That's it. But uh, I see the the thing I, I'm taking away for this. I, the listeners have probably noticed. Like I, I've took a back seat this episode, and I've I've literally just took in everything that's been said. But what I've taken for this is the key points that if you feel like you're in a situation like that, please speak out and speak to somebody anybody at all, um, and make them aware so that they can check up on you. Know that they're going to be checking you every single day. But if somebody knows that you're struggling um, with mental health to the point where you don't feel like you're worthy, that person needs to look at, like, will look after you. And somebody loves you, get what I mean? Everybody loves you. At the end of the day, we've all got families. If either one of us were to leave, um, it's what you leave behind. Okay, I mean, and uh, ah, yes, that's all. All I've had going through my, my mind tonight is like, if I was to leave, like, what would I like? All, all I can think about is my kids. Eh? Like, it's uh, I think that's why I've been so quiet. But peace, I totally it hits home to you, Liam, doesn't it? Uh, it you does. Have, you have kids that you know will look up to you as a obviously as a father figure. Um, uh, but you know, they they you're their role model. Do you know when they grow up they'll want to be just like their dad right. you know an absolute roaster but um <laughs> you know you have that motivation behind you uh, and i know you say that you've taken a back seat in this episode but i think a lot of the listeners will appreciate that because sometimes we're just sick of hearing hearing your voice mate so <laughs> you're more than happy to take a back seat in future episodes as well i, and I, I love your it. voice liam <laughs> thank you peace thank you i love you a long time but no, just I, listen, peace. I appreciate you coming on here, and I appreciate you sharing your story with us. Um, I mean, I could have listened to it in every single detail, but no, thank, thanks a lot for coming on, and thanks a lot for giving us the information and and letting other people know that there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, I mean, look out for yourself and be be selfish. If you feel like you need help, then you put your hand up and demand it. No, like no walking into the doctors and say, "Give me help." I mean, like. Speaking to your family or friends or whoever and say, I need help, please, can you listen to me? You know what I mean? 
And sometimes, this is going to sound really harsh, but sometimes you just need to do it and go and, and take that step and get that help. It's not going to come to you. You have to take the initiative and get the help that you deserve. The first step's always the hardest, that first exactly. push. Like for that, even for the kick mental health chats, the first week I didn't go on the camera, I didn't talk at all, I just listened because I was too sort of nervous, but that was the first push was actually going on and listening. The next week I wouldn't shut up. Like it was just <laughs> so... The next week, you mean every week? Uh, then I <laughs> continued to then, it's just a constant babble and me talking shite. Like, <laughs> so... That's the best way, man. That has done good for you guys. Um, but yeah, right, let's wrap it up. Guys, don't forget Instagram, speakeasy.pod, Twitter, pod underscore speakeasy, and the most important one of all, Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash pod underscore speakeasy. You can donate from £1 a month up to unlimited copious amounts of money. By Liam, 10 watches. Uh, half of your donations will go towards mental health charities across the UK and the other half will go towards the upkeep of this podcast, doing some live um, video calls and group calls. And when this lockdown is bloody over, we'll all meet up, mm. have a good chin wag and record a live episode of the podcast. Uh, but for me, I'm going to plug... Just let me plug one thing. It's Christopher <laughs> Pete's forward slash Tinder. Right? So, that's <laughs> right. Tinder. Amazing. But yeah, no, it's on a serious note. It's goodbye from me and stay safe. Take it easy, folks. Uh, if he's needed, like I said, don't be scared to get in contact with us. My partner's class. Um, I will make you laugh and uh, we can see if we can help you. So much love. Peace see you later, guys. Bye bye. I'm not sure you know, man. I'm not sure you know, man.